up. So for the second time, they called the man who had been blind and they said to him, give glory to God. We know that this Jesus is a sinner. The man answered, I don't know whether he is a sinner. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I've told you already and you wouldn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Then they reviled him saying, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we don't know where he comes from. The man answered, here's an astonishing thing. You don't know where he comes from, but he opened my eyes. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but he does listen to one who worships him and obeys him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man weren't from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, you were born entirely in sins and you're trying to teach us? Who do you think you are? And they drove him out. Jesus heard that they had driven him out. And when Jesus found him, he said, do you believe in the son of man? And the man answered, who's he, sir? Tell me so that I may believe. And Jesus said, you have seen him and the one speaking with you is he. And the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. And Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment so that those who do not see may see, and those who do see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard this and said to him, surely we're not blind, are we? And Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would not have sin. But now that you say, we see, your sin remains. Let us pray. Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, our rock, our redeemer. Amen. I realized I forgot to say the word of the Lord. There you go. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Sometimes there's sentences and phrases in the scriptures that just get you in the gut. I think this little phrase, they drove him out is so weighty, it's so heavy. Again, I urge you to read the whole chapter this week. Here's what's happened. This guy who's been born blind, he's, he hasn't had his sight his whole life, he's been reduced to begging, he's been ostracized from the community, and all of a sudden, he has this encounter with this person who spits in the mud and rubs this ointment on his eyes and he can see, and can't you just imagine how excited he is and how happy he is 
And he runs back to tell his family and friends who he's going to be able to see for the first time. And he's thinking, surely they will throw a party, give me a high five, weep for joy with me. But they don't. They interrogate him. They ask him with suspicion, how'd this happen? They are going after him with such certainty, and he is so uncertain. Who did this? How did this happen? And they drove him out. I don't know, he says. All I know is I was blind and now I see. Who are you? Give glory to God. We know who this man is. Give glory to God and tell your story our way. I wonder if you know anybody who's had a similar experience. I wonder if any of you have had an experience. Maybe you weren't literally driven out. Maybe the person you know wasn't literally driven out. But they sure felt left out. You know, they had a moment, a holy moment, an encounter. Maybe it was even messy, with, with, not with mud and spit, but you know how sometimes encounters of healing and wholeness can be messy. You've had an encounter that enlarged your vision, enlarged the way you saw the world. You saw it with hope and not skepticism. It, it, it gave you a vision of the Bible that was liberating and not restrictive. It gave you a vision of the church that was inclusive and not exclusive. Maybe you had that moment and you gained a new vision of your very self as gifted and worthy. You had a moment of eyes opening, an encounter with the holy, and things changed, and you go to tell your friends, and they go, what? What have you been reading? Has that crazy professor gotten in your head? Who's that friend you've been hanging out with? And they don't buy your story. And they might not have driven you out or this person you know, but you certainly felt left out. I had a friend tell me recently about an experience. In her words, she said, I was utterly isolated, utterly isolated. Now, some of you might find this story, I don't know how you will hear it. Maybe some can relate, others not. This is my friend Megan. She had little children, and she 
uh, realized that all these, some of her other mother friends who had older kids were like, oh, they've got to do um, public service to get it on their resume for school, service hours. And she thought, that's horrible. I don't want my kid to be start doing service when they're in high school. Like, they, we gotta start now. And she had some other mothers who she, she talked to about this and they said, yeah, we want them from day one to know the purpose of your life is to, to serve God's world. And, to, and so they formed a, a nonprofit because a lot, of the, a lot of the places where you serve, you couldn't take young kids. So they identified the ones that would and they went through all of the issues they had to go through and they formed this nonprofit, Why Serve? Why the letter Y for both youth and uh, Y? You know. So they have this nonprofit, and uh, and she's so excited, and she really feels like she's doing doing the work of God in the world, healing the world, and she realizes that some of the other mothers, some some of them are Jewish, some of them are of different faiths, and so she says we should share our faiths with each other. Like, tell me about yours, come with me, and they, they begin to have these. And the thing takes off, and she has a family member and also an old youth leader confront her and say, we're, we're worried that you're not Christian anymore. Now, I don't know, maybe some of you are saying, well, maybe I'd be worried about her too. Maybe others of you are saying, I can't believe that. And yet others are saying, yeah, I know people who would question that. Megan was devastated. She said, Pam, I, I felt utterly alone and, 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 and just humiliated, but I kept doing what I was doing because I knew. And here's the good news. Jesus finds you even if you get left out or driven out. Because like the psalmist told us, we cannot get out of the purview of God's grace and God's spirit. There is no traveling. We cannot go far enough. We can never get out of it. And Jesus will find you. And Megan was in a group with uh, uh, refugee children and her children and the other mom's children. And she said, Pam, I just had this moment, you know, mud and spit. And I looked around and I said, Christ is here. I don't care what my brother says. I know that. It took her a while to come back to the point where she was willing. For a while, she, because they said, maybe you're not a Christian. She just said, maybe I'm not. This is such an urgent issue. This is such an urgent issue in our world. I met a group of young mothers recently who, who I said, you know, are you guys involved in a faith community? Mm, no, we grew up in the church, but um, we feel like the church is so divisive. We feel like, how could it be that the religion of Jesus, but we know that is the public perception 
I agree with Rabbi Sharon Brous, I don't know if you're familiar with her work, who says, look, let's, let's all agree that our sacred text from every tradition contains the raw material for both exclusion and violence and condemnation and the raw material for love and compassion and being co-creators of a new shalom in the world. Let's say we are falling on this side of that divide. We are using this material from our sacred text and let us do it in public, loudly and proudly, because right now the most public voices out in the world are those who are proclaiming this raw material from our sacred text. They are proclaiming a Jesus who looks more like the Pharisees than like the one who goes after the people the Pharisees kick out. And if we are going to do that, then we are going to have to be willing, like the man in this story, to bear witness to our own experiences of the holy. Those moments when love divine breaks into our world through the most unexpected people and draws us into heaven's plan. I do have a sense of urgency about this. Five or so years ago, my son was in Cambodia in the Peace Corps. And my other son and I went over to see him. And as soon as we got off the plane after that long journey, he said, Mom, sorry, you've got some work to do while you're here. I said, what do you mean? He said, there's like five Peace Corps workers who want to meet with you. Now, they all had a little bit of a different story, but the thread running through every last one was, I'm not sure if I'm a Christian anymore because my host family, who is Hindu, who is Buddhist, I just respect their tradition so much. I'm learning so much from them. I don't think they're on the outside of anything. What do you think? On that same trip, I will tell you that Jesus found my son, Walker. We had been planning all of our activities. Of course, we went to see Angkor Wat and everything. And Ty said, now my favorite thing I can't wait to do, some of my other Peace Corps friends have done it. We're going to a little town uh, called, um, let me get the name right. Well, I don't have the name. I know it was, the, the mountain was Phnom Biang. It was on the Vietnam uh, border of Cambodia. And he said, mom, there are ancient ruins at the top of this mountain from the seventh century. So we've got to, we've got to go. We've got to go. Some of my friends have gone. I said, okay, great. You know, do, how do we get there? He goes, oh, well, we're going to take a, a little, you know, our, um, I can't think of the name. Anyway, we, we, we got there on basically a, a moped. And um, he said, now, you know, this isn't the kind of place where we're going to buy a ticket. Like, what my friend said is we just go and we ask some of the kids in the neighborhood to take us up the mountain. And I was a little weary of this, but... 
We find these kids. Ty, his Kamai was pretty good then. He'd already been over there a year. And they agree to take us up this mountain. And have you been to Cambodia? It's really hot. I mean, so oppressively hot. And this climb was steep. And there were moments where I said, I, I don't think I'm going to go. I, I, you guys go ahead. I'll wait here till you get back. No, no, no. And the, the little children from the, they were running and getting me fruit. And we're in this together. We're going to make it to the top. Well, we made it to the top. And finally, we are up at the top. And my boys are playing with these little boys like they're their brothers, you know, throwing rocks off the side of the mountain. And uh, this temple up there was incredible. Incredible. And we're sitting there, we didn't realize that actually there's two monks who are at this temple. This is their temple. So one of them came out. My boys are about six, six. And this guy was maybe up to my shoulders. And he came out and he spoke to us, welcomed us. We didn't know what he was saying. Ty did, he had to translate. And then he walked away and um, Ty said, He's invited us for a blessing at the temple before we leave. It was just like you, you bowed outside of this little... And I, I, I'm going to tell you, you know, we so deeply internalize our upbringing. I had a moment of, should I take my children to be blessed? by a monk, by a Buddhist. I grew up in a really rigid subculture. Is it all okay? So we make our way and my boys lean down, these huge guys who are almost as tall as the monk on their knees. They're both bowing their heads What I remember most was the smells, our body odor, their body odor, the food that was there, the incense. And then one of the monks began to speak. And then it was clearly over. And we walked away in complete silence. And then all of a sudden, Walker broke the silence and he said, Something just happened to me. Do you know what it was? No. But I know that they know something that I don't. They know something that I don't. Isn't that the beginning of the spiritual life? I don't know. We asked Ty what the blessing was. Had, could he understand it? And he said, yes. The blessing was this. You came with good hearts and opened them to our good hearts. Go share your good hearts with others. And their good hearts will open too. Jesus found us on that mountain. The Spirit of Christ 
was in the blessing of a Buddhist monk. You see, wherever love is joining people in heaven's plan, heaven's plan for shalom, for wholeness, for healing, for the thriving of life and all creation, wherever love is joining people in that plan, there is the spirit of Christ. It met us on a mountaintop on the border of Cambodia and Vietnam. That's where Christ found us. Where has Christ found you? Amen.